0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power Power System Designs podcast with on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host Alex Paul, and today I'm talking to Jonah teter Balin. He's with uh, Aerovironment. He's uh, in their um, director of product uh, development, and we to talk today about uh, batteries, which obviously is a really big. You know, we're going to have to drill down at some point, but let's just look at it from a distance and just how batteries have just completely changed the way we think about power from, say, even 20 years ago. Welcome
1: to yeah, the show, I'm by f- the way. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Well, and like I said, it, it is, it's is—it's such a huge space, but if it weren't for batteries and portable devices, the issues of energy management and energy conservation and efficiency wouldn't have been nearly as aggressively brought to the market's attention.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening right now uh, in the battery world. Um, in fact, we just got back from the battery show in, uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan, and um, we were there representing a number of our products, but it was great to see the trends coming in the industry, particularly the transportation industry, which is of great interest to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: that makes a lot of sense because the uh, consumer, the portable market, yes, it's still developing, but as a market, it's relative, whereas automotive electrical beyond, you know, the standard 12 volt up under the hood, a lot of manufacturers are only just now really getting into that space.
1: Yeah, so um, just about every um, car manufacturer was represented at the show, and they are all now looking at um, their next generation electric vehicle, um, electric vehicles that should soon be on the market or or will be um, in the next few years. And um, so we were – engaging with them around their battery development and design, um, primarily. Uh, we, you know, we sell a range of products that um, are used by the biggest battery test labs in the world to develop hybrid drivetrains and electric vehicle drivetrains and, and battery packs for those cars. And so we're, we're privy to some trends that are coming, and what we're seeing is bigger batteries on – coming, um, higher density batteries coming, all of which should extend the range of electric vehicles and make them closer to what we uh, experience today with our uh, gasoline cars.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Jonah, um, what are some of the challenges the manufacturers are facing? Because it's not just a matter of cramming more electrolyte into a box. I mean, there's some serious engineering that's going on in this space. Uh, What are some of the challenges you're seeing
1: there? Well, primarily primarily it seems to be cost. How do you get the cost of the batteries down um, to make the electric vehicles viable? Uh, Many automakers are still losing money on the cars that they sell um, today, the electric vehicles that they sell today, and a a huge part of that is the batteries. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, um, then let's, let's get a little bit more specifics. Yes, you're involved in the test side, and you're doing these uh, things to help on the manufacturer, but that's part and parcel of the solution as well. Better batteries come from better design, better development, better manufacturing, right? What's our environment doing to help move the ball forward?
1: Um, so we're actually uh, attacking this on both sides. Um, we help manufacturers uh, like General Motors um, develop or test the batteries that they've developed to find that that next generation battery, make sure that it will be properly cooled, properly um, uh, maintained, that it has the right uh, longevity to, to stand the length of a car, um, you know, which is, I think, 10 to 12 years on average now. And they are um, – so that's one route that we go. The other is that we actually provide the charging infrastructure to consumers and businesses who want to charge the batteries once they now own the car. Um, and so we have a range of residential products that, um, you know, if you drive a Chevy Volt or a Nissan Leaf that you can um, either buy from the dealer or take home or, or get later on the aftermarket um, that will allow you to charge the car faster. And that's a key for owning an EV right now um, is, is that charge time.
0: Right, right. Well, because, char- you know, that's, it, it really does boil down to convenience because you were saying about cost. If it, the, the more convenient it is, the more cost the customer will accept, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I think the more that the cars fit our expectations for driving, so they, they match what, an, what a gasoline car experience is like, the easier adoption will be. And you're right, the, the higher um, price people will be willing to pay for that, um, that convenience. Because electric vehicles do have a lot of benefits, lower maintenance costs, uh, lower fuel costs, um, electricity is much cheaper than uh, the gas that you pay on a per mile basis. Mm-hmm, and so if, mm-hmm. if, if the driving experience is, is better and it matches our needs and they, people have the range that they need, uh, then um, we think that EV adoption will be, you know, much faster.
0: Right. Well, and also, um, Jonah, you were talking about, you know, manufacturer adoption and technologies and apps. On the consumer side, on the user side, There's also a lot of pressure, and there are also new paradigms being formed, and new application spaces, and new ways of doing things being created. Did you see any examples of that from the other side of the fence?
1: You know, we're actually leading the way on one of those trends right now, and that is um, in in terms of mobile apps and mobile technology. So, historically, EV charging infrastructure uh, that was installed and maintained had its own cellular connection so that you could mm-hmm. control the charger. And we did, you know, we did the research and we and we looked at the marketplace and we said, you know what? Pretty much everybody's got a smartphone nowadays. Why do they need a smartphone and a cellular connection in their pocket and a smartphone and cellular connection in the charger? And so our mm-hmm. new TurboDock product that we uh, launched earlier this year um, which also got a lot of attention at the at the battery show. Um actually removes the cellular connection from the charger and we talk over Bluetooth to the cell phone. And so we've removed one... We've been able to remove... Oh, no problem. Uh, We've been able to remove then an item of cost, which should help, you know, EV adoption, right? It's the less expensive the infrastructure is, the, the, the more of it people can put in. And we've also improved the user experience now in that you can just access your charger right from your your phone.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what the point I was about to bring up is that makes your charger part of your smartphone ecosystem. It then brings in the ability to run apps for management, apps for tracking, apps for security, apps for aspects that no one's even thought of yet.
1: Yeah, I think we're barely scratching the surface on the capability of our tech, of this platform long-term. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely there. Um, now, let's say, for example, I'm interested in your solutions and integrating your solutions into mine, Jonah. Um, obviously, it's not – oh, let me just – oh, let me just buy this off the shelf and slap it into my facility. I'm going to need some kind of assistance. What kind of uh, guidance, hand-holding do you provide the engineer that comes to you and say, hey, I want to do this better?
1: You know, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, and I think this is an area where we excel specifically. We've built up a team of folks that can take our customers through the whole education and buying experience. and I, And I mean that when I say education. There's there's a lot that uh, we find that we have to a lot of time we have to spend in helping our customers better understand their needs in the marketplace, and so our salespeople are very well educated and we've given them some nice sales tools to be able to um, to to work with our customers. We have a complete installation team, and so we offer residential and commercial installations, and these are people that you know we have on staff and that we've trained. A, a whole um, contingent of nationwide installers to our standards and practices. Um, and then we have a great field service team and we have a full service 24-hour customer support line. And so we're, we understand that there are a lot of questions that will come up in the buying process um, and as customers are becoming familiar with their cars and with charging infrastructure. And so we tried to make it as easy as possible for those customers to get the help that they need and get the information that we need. And uh, we actually include a lot of that on our website um, as well. And so uh, for our EV charging, you can find us at evsolutions.com. And uh, more specifically, our new workplace charger, TurboDoc, you can find on turbodock.com.
0: Excellent. Hey, Jonah, thank you so much. But before I let you go, I always let my guests have the last word in my podcast so it could be a little bit more about uh, the company and its products or something about the market, or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours.
1: Well, I think where I'd like to um, to leave this is in understanding how much power you really need to charge your vehicle. Um, I think there's uh, an expectation of that you need the, the biggest and fastest charger on the market, but for, for the most part, uh, a simple Level 2 charger will meet the vast majority of your needs, and that's 240 volts charging at 16 or 30 amps. And we think for most cars, especially plug-in hybrids, you know, 30 or 16 amps is is more than sufficient. And so for that, you know, we have um, a turbo cord. I think that's the the right product. And I I think that keep in mind what power do you really need, um, and you'll minimize your infrastructure costs, your panel upgrades, um, and you'll still have a great EV driving experience.
0: Well, hey, that's a great point to make, Jonah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, since this is a moving target, we'll definitely bring you back downstream to talk about it some more. But for now, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let you go. But thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: The pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Power. Have a great day.